Blog Talk Radio. Uh, manual one 
is a manual that I wrote um, when I was trying to stay uh, with this this girl, this pretty hot girl who was, um, I don't know, basically a little bit advanced in terms of my league at the time. Um, I started to notice different things that she liked, different things that she didn't like, and different things that drove her away and different things that attracted her. And I came up with a manual basically having to deal with this one hot girl. Well, it turned out to be quite a universal manual and that a lot of people seem to get help from it. So I'm going to read that. So let's start here at the very top. If you go to nomoneyinvolved.com, click archives, and then click uh, know the manual. It's a kind of a uh, busty woman picture there. Uh, you should be right in there on the page that I'm that I'm reading from. So here we go. Uh, the very first sentence says this. The directives here stated imply a single woman, but keep in mind that I'm speaking more precisely of, quote, woman, unquote, in the general sense of the term. There is a good woman out there uh, for you. She can see you through every woman you interact with, from your mother to your prostitute. She will come to you quite easily after you've mastered three things. One, a non-whore-related talent of your choosing. This can be anything from skiing to accounting. This must be a talent for something other than being a Mac. You must stick with it until you master it. Read the book Mastery for more info on how to do this. Mastering this talent means it can make you a living. Yeah, the book Mastery is, is a great book. Um, it sort of brings you through the steps of mastering something in particular. And you should try to master a talent uh, that could both make you money and that you enjoy and that is suited to your uh, abilities. Um, I, I tend to think that it, this should be an artistic endeavor, um, either a paint, you know, you're a painter or you're a musician or, or all the above. You know, you do a lot of different creative things, but try to narrow it down to something that is really can just uh, make you money and uh, keep you afloat because uh, then you'd just be a perpetual machine of money, right? And then you have um, uh, the next uh, three of the three. Number two, you must master manuals 1 through 12. Well, at this point, I had written uh, manual 13, and I've yet to update this. But this front part, of the uh, manual is essentially just giving you the setup of what you will need and uh, but then there's little techniques that I go through but like um, just to set things up it's a good idea for you to be very familiar with this manual and the different principles involved because um, they're all valuable then we have number three of all of the three things you must have mastered um, and the, that, that you must master before the good woman will come to you. And here we go, number three, the very whore-related skill of attracting any woman you want whenever and wherever you decide to do so. 
this takes some work that is independent of simply understanding the manuals of or of just being a master of a talent. This requires you to actually attempt to pick up hotties when you see them. But understand that the secret here is to keep from being the hunter. Mastery can only come with large amounts of practice and, yes, some huge embarrassing failures. Get over it. If you fail to develop this skill, you will be a slave to beautiful women for your whole life. Even worse, you'll probably have to settle either for unattractive women, prostitutes, or your own hand to get off. The trick to this skill is in making yourself as physically presentable as possible to the broadest range of women, and then, most importantly, learning a concise way to demonstrate your personality to a woman that has never seen you before. Beautiful women don't really need this skill to attract men since most men are willing to explore an intimate relation with a woman solely based on the woman's physical attractiveness. While some women are like men in this respect, our research suggests that the majority of hot women need more than mere physical beauty to present, uh, to be present in a man if she is to consider exploring an intimate relationship with him. She must also somehow get to know the man's personality and then deem it quote-unquote good. In fact, most, the more intelligent, more attractive ones of these women will actually prefer a cool dude who's not that physically attractive to a less cool dude who is much better looking. And I even I even have a link here that says Manual 13 deals quite extensively with developing this second crucial skill, so check it out. Okay, so essentially the... Um, I guess this is the third... Anyway, the, 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 the Manual 13 is a very good... Uh, honing skill, and that's what the last podcast uh, we're about. Um, so let's move right into this manual here. Uh, it, it says here, also keep reading the other manuals until they transform you into the ultimate whore. Now, that sounds pretty funny that you would strive for that, but but that's that's the kind of level of of humor that I think is most useful in this endeavor. After all, there would be no advantage in learning a concise way to convey your personality to a woman you've never seen before if your basic personality falls short of what she deems good in the first place. Dig? So, just as an initial consideration, study your interaction with your mother. Are you overbearing? Are you mean to her? Are you cutting her off? Are you telling her what to do? Are you listening to what she has to say? Are you talking at her and not with her? Are you being impatient, moody, letting it all hang out in a bad way? No big deal if you are. Actually, it is a big deal if you are. But if you answered yes to any of these questions, you found a, cru a critical reason for your inability to relate to women. You secretly want them to be quiet while you unload your bullshit. Damn, son. So what I'm saying there in that initial consideration is it's, it's very telling how you treat your mother. And if you're kind of abusive to your mother, um, you know, just in a subtle way and don't respect her in the way that she's 
should be, um, and it's pretty obvious by the way you treat her. I mean, if it is obvious, then then you have a problem, and, th- and that's probably a reason why you're having trouble with women because until you treat your mother the way she should be treated, you're not going to ultimately treat any woman the right way. Um, I firmly believe that, and um, it's it's a common source of of problem. So let's delve right into the very first real principle of this manual. Never discuss the quote-unquote we or the quote-unquote us. Yes, this is probably one of the worst things you can do in a relationship. And every time you do it, it it makes the relationship go a little more sour. Um, And that is essentially to discuss the relationship, to talk about where we are as as a couple, this is just the kind of talk that it's too serious, it's too ridiculous. I mean, how you are as a couple is basically how you are, you know, how it is on the whole when you guys hang out. Is it good or is it bad? If you're constantly evaluating the status that you are, that you two have with each other and, and analyzing it and talking about it and, 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 you know, somebody's getting upset and another person's getting upset and it's like, what's wrong and this and that. And it's all about we, it's all about us, it's all about my interaction with you. It just, it, it turns, the, what what you, what was a magical kind of um, um, union of, of fun and play and, and lust and, and it turns it into this clinical, uh, lame-ass thing that you're trying to fix. So that's, that's one. Two, be joyous and hold others, especially her, up, not down. Remember, she is never responsible for your sadness and, I might add, your bad mood. Yes. Um, sometimes when you spend a lot of time with the same person, um, you might tend to associate your bad mood with that person because they're in your presence and your mind often looks for scapegoats when it's not feeling, uh, when it's not uh, experiencing good emotions. It tends to look outward to blame those bad emotions on the person next to you. Um, just take a, try to put like a momentary thought between any negative emotions you're having and the the, the woman that's next to you, near you. Um, chances are they're they're unrelated. And that the reason that you're just kind of hating on the person that happens to be your girlfriend at the moment is because you're in a bad mood. Instead, you're thinking, ah, oh, this isn't working out, or I don't like you as much as I thought I did. It's all mixed up, mixed all in your bad mood. So remember, try to hold her up. Try to try to stay positive as much as you can and, and evaluate through that mindset instead of the negative one. Um, Number three, she won't be able to see you because you lose yourself around her. She'll just think that it's you and that you're a lame Now, this happens sometimes if guys are in relationships with women who seem to have the upper hand, who seem to like the guy more than the guy likes the girl. Uh, this can, is an, often could be a real problem um, if you have... Um, it, the guy tends to become more and more supplicate, supplicating, 
more and more um, subservient, and the girl gets more and more obnoxious, and 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 sort of conducts herself in the relationship is like, oh, God, oh my God, I can't believe this, oh, you, you know, and just always sort of like a little bit annoyed at the boyfriend, and the boyfriend is subsequently like reduced to that kind of like slave boy who who has this impossible master. Um, and it's it's lame for both sides because the girl starts to feel like she's going she's dating some like little monkey, and uh, that that wants to do whatever she says, and that's no fun. And the guy is like feels like he's uh, dating you know some wicked witch of the west or whatever or the east. I don't know which one was the evil one, but you know what I'm saying. It's just it's not fun for either. Um, but. A lot of times when guys aren't confident and they're in relationship with someone they believe to be possibly superior, um, be like, you know, a lot of guys are like, I don't know how I got this girl, but now that I have her, you know, I don't want to lose her. I mean, regardless, it's a very weak position to be in and be like thinking that you don't deserve her and thinking that at any moment she will... uh, uh, realize it is uh is pretty bad uh but you but let's let's read on here it says you do this you lose yourself around because you've somehow become convinced that she can offer you more than you can offer her maybe you think her great beauty can fetch a far better price than you but what is that better price a better looking guy given the fact that a pretty woman has most likely had more than her share of great-looking guys, a much greater number by far than you or even some super-chiseled GQ model has had of great-looking women. She's most likely grown tired, and if not, she will grow tired, of simply going for lookers. What she wants is a fun guy. Why? Because she sees him as the rarity, the catch. In fact, most pretty women are so sick of good-looking, boring guys that they actually either avoid dating good-looking guys or, and this is an important observation, their assessment of looks becomes almost completely dictated by how the guy makes them feel. If a guy uh, makes things fun for her, then she'll think he's the hottest dude on the planet. This is why you must be your normal, fun self around women. Don't lose yourself over the thought that she's out of your league. If you're super cool and fun, as this manual will teach you to be, believe me, you're in all likelihood out of her league. But uh, don't let it go to your head. So, I mean, I, I think that uh, that principle essentially uh, explains itself. Uh, if you have any questions... Of course, um, this you know I welcome any caller that would like to discuss this issue. Um, please call three four seven nine four five five zero six three. And if you're listening on a download, I'm usually on on f- somewhere between nine p.m. and ten p.m. At least that's when I'll start, and I'll go for either an hour and a half or two hours. And um, I, I, that's Tuesday nights. Uh, Eastern Time, so Tuesday nights Eastern Time, nine o'clock. Um, and before I move on, I just want to uh, just give out the uh, number one more time. It's three four seven nine four five five zero 
0.63. Okay, so let's go on to uh, number four here. Um, many have said, quote, just be yourself, end quote. But what about this point? The idea of just being yourself in a relationship has become incoherent for men. You now choose your women in order to help form the very conception you have of yourself. Only if you attract a beautiful and kind woman do you believe yourself to be the sort of guy who gets women of that caliber. If she dumps you suddenly, the devastation comes in part from suddenly having to doubt the previous conception you had of yourself. Since the status of your relationships has this influencing effect on your self-conception, there is no coherent way to just be yourself around a prospective girlfriend. When you try to carry out, carry it out, you're reduced to an unreflective, non-unified set of impulses. And it's not a pretty picture. Now, if the above paragraph doesn't simply apply to you, you may already be a whore, in which case you are advised to read on and sharpen your skills further. The concern raised above illustrates the essence of the wrong thinking I've outlined in the entry before it. All you have to be is cool and fun to attract a hottie. And a hottie liking you doesn't necessarily tell you that you're cool and fun. She may be wrong. And believe me, if and when she finds out she was wrong, she will dump you. Cool and fun guys attract hot women. Boring and lame dudes, even good-looking ones, don't. And that's the end of the story. But I... Interestingly... Insecure hot women are basically in the same trap as insecure cool dudes, but in reverse. They only consider themselves pretty if they can attract fun and cool dudes. If they can't, if all they seem to get are boring, good-looking guys, they will begin to harbor grave doubts about their attractiveness. Hard to believe, but true. And what I'm trying to say is that in the eyes of a lot of men, and I've, I think I've repeated this throughout the last few podcasts, but it bears repeating, that for men who are very visually oriented, um, the sum of attractiveness to, 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 to the extent of, you know, being wanting to go to bed with somebody really has to do with body shape, I mean, and the way in which the body's configured. Um, of course, in when we're choosing which woman that we'd rather spend more time with or spend, you know, days on end with, personality becomes important because, you know, annoying is annoying no matter how hot annoying happens to be. Um, it's better not to have an annoying girl or to have a cool girl, you know. I mean, when if you're going to spend a weekend, you know, sometimes you're not always going to be having sex. Although it helps if she's um, hot enough that you could be having sex all weekend. So... The point of the point of it is is that girls are totally wired differently. Women um, are, I should call them. Uh, they they essentially place much more importance on the cool aspect of the guy than just his his looks. Um, in fact, they will reverse engineer their perception of his looks based upon the fact that he's really funny or you know he he's got. Um, he amuses them. He makes them laugh. Uh, let's go on. If you harbor even the slightest insecurity about yourself, it and nothing else else will eventually come out 
has a very unpretty outburst the minute you get weak around her. Now, remember that I'm writing this as though you're in a relationship with somebody who happens to be, you feel, out of your league. So you know that in that situation, you've got to deal with your insecurities if you want to hold on to her. And why it is you believe, for example, that she is better than you. And these are all the, the little insecurities, um, and that's a major one, that she is better than you, um, that will come out. And, and it will show itself um, in an unpretty, I would say ugly, outburst uh, of sorts that you um, will inevitably uh, unleash upon her in, in the moment of weakness. How do you eradicate insecurity about yourself? Um, the principle goes on. This is a complex uh, question that has a simple answer. Learn how to be a whore. A whore knows he's cool. After all, he's not, he's not only a person, he's a valuable product. Uh, believe me, you will never eradicate insecurity through direct attempts to get a particular hottie to like you, i.e. through visits, calls, flowers, compliments, and so on. In fact, if you go to her with this in mind, you will, only, you will not only make her like you less, your insecurity about yourself being dependent on her liking you will likely grow larger. So what do you do? What you can do is continue to practice your non-whore-related talent. Now's your chance. When you, obviously, when you're single, women really do take up a lot of valuable time that can be used making yourself an even grander master in the craft of your choosing. Take advantage of being alone. Practice. Because once you start to absorb this manual, you'll have to beat the hotties off with a stick. <laughs> what you can do is try your luck with any and every hot woman you see. Remember, there are tons more hot women than cool guys. The ratio is about 100 to 1. So, you're, so you, being a cool guy, owe it to each and every one of them to give them a chance with you. If they fail to see your coolness, wish them luck, because they're going to need it with these odds, and move on to the next one. But that's easier said than done, right? On paper, it all makes sense. But when you see a woman on the street or in the subway, something keeps you from doing what the above tells you to do. What is it? I mean, why can't you just go up to her and say something and start a conversation? The problem is you don't think of this part of the game as fun. You see it as a kind of chore that you must do and that you can maybe... Um, what was the last thing here? You see it as a kind of chore that you must do so that you can maybe, and this is a big maybe, get to the part you are thinking of as fun. Have fun with just talking to an attractive woman. Don't be concerned with results or what she's thinking. Have a good time and stop when it is no longer fun. It is fun to meet someone new. It stimulates your mind. At the same time, your brain evolves. You, you learn much more about yourself and the world from talking to people directly than you do from reading books or watching the news. Do it for this reason, not because you think you need to get laid. One way to have fun in this area is to imagine that the encounter is unfolding on a stage or in a movie. There's an audience watching you. Uh, I'm sorry, there's an audience watching you and you want to entertain that audience. What will you say to get 
the audience interested in watching. If the encounter never becomes interesting, that'll be the girl's fault, not yours. And it'll also be your cue to, quote, exit stage left, end quote, or end scene. So essentially what I'm saying um, here is I'm kind of delving back into uh, or manual 13, although I didn't know I was doing it here. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that have to do with the pickup. And this manual as well, because even in a, a relationship, it's you're still having to essentially pick the woman up um, again and again to reinterest her in you. And by doing that, uh, you strengthen the relationship and you she'll she she'll never stray if you're continually renewing the relationship with um, uh, doing things that would um would attract the woman you're with so a lot of mistake that a lot of things that i'm I'm trembling over my tongue here a lot of the mistakes that men make um are based on the fact that they think that the pickup is over and it's never really over. Um, if it is over sometimes you can get the idea that the girl like worships you no matter what and that's kind of lame to be a guy on this receiving end of that. Um, and this brings me to the uh, next uh, principle. Heavy emotion if not given in small sips like cognac is repulsive. Yes. I mean, when you want to tell a girl finally how you feel about her, you know, a good thing, time to do that is on Valentine's Day or a good time to do that is on her birthday or even randomly, but if you were to write her some long, drawn-out, uh, heart-wrenching letter every day, um, it would be repulsive, just like drinking cognac, um, chugging cognac, uh, an eight-ounce glass of it every day would ultimately get you kind of queasy. But there's nothing like a little sip of it, right? So cognac and heavy emotion are analogous for sure. Here's a big one. Praise is like currency. It gets devalued the more it is produced. If you constantly praise her, you will quickly need truckloads of such praise to cause even the slightest effect. And I might add to that, you will likely not even get any effect if you have already overdone it on the compliment side of um, uh, when you're when you're when you're giving compliments over and over and over again after after a while the girl is like yeah whatever but if you you know space out those compliments they become much more significant so it's like printing money uh, each compliment you give to the girl um, and your compliment should never be. Uh, there for you to get something. Although they do help to endear uh, you to her. Um, only sparingly. Um, no, eight. And most lame dudes just way overdo it on the compliment side. Well, I know I did. That's why I wrote this principle. Anyway, one most always keep in mind that the woman is a genius with the sense of humor of an eighteen of, of an eight-year-old. The man, on the other hand, is more often an idiot with the attention span of a toothless, dirty old fool. So you have here two 
basic souls that are interacting with each other. One is the, 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 the guy who is essentially a dirty old man. From the day he hits puberty, he becomes a dirty old man. I mean, and it's just like everything's about um, just the sexual kind of vibe, that, that lust that comes from the dirty old man. And uh, he resides inside you and gives you those thoughts that you would never utter, but, uh, of course, you think them. Um, the woman, on the other hand, is much more innocent than that. Um, they're essentially, they seem very mature. They seem, because they're um, mature bodies that, you know, that they haven't, that they've grown up, but essentially their uh, mind is still that of the little child, the pre-pudescent child who like to run around and play and joke and forget about the world. Um, that's essentially what you're working with. A lot of guys come at women, you know, in a very sophisticated way, and you can imagine trying to do that to a, a young eight-year-old girl to try to get her to play, you know, this game and try to be all serious. Of course, um, she would just want to be silly. And I'm not talking about molesting a girl. I'm just saying, like... You know what we're what I'm saying is is that you you don't get somebody with the mentality of an eight year old um, uh, interested by speaking like deep you know cultural philosophy with her. She might enjoy it for a few moments, but if if that's all you're engaging her on on that level of like very highfalutin intellectuality, uh, I don't think she's gonna she's gonna get bored with you. Um, so let's go on. When your mind draws a blank, imagine you are an eight-year-old. Place yourself in that wide-eyed mind state. Think about what would catch a child's attention and become a child. So that's a great, like, just mental exercise to do if you're ever at a loss of what to say or do with a woman. Kick it down a few notches into the more ridiculous, and uh, you'll usually find something to do that amuses her and amuses yourself too because let's face it you're not here to uh to just uh, uh amuse her you know you want to have fun too so have some fun right um and and when in doubt act like a goofball i mean that's essentially what i'm saying there in that uh it, it'll get a giggle and it'll kind of revamp the night sometimes you can break a lot of attention by being a real dork um, so try it sometimes. I'm sure you've done it anyway, and you haven't even um, been trying. So try it. It might even might even be fun. Um, let's go on here. When you're around a woman uh, that you'd like more from than idle chit-chat, something happens to you. Your mind goes blank. You can't think of anything to say to her. After all, you probably don't know her that well, and you don't want to freak her out. But you really do wish to impress her. This makes you scramble to keep her talking, asking her dumb questions like where she's from and other bullshit like that. In your attempt to be non-threateningly normal, you become some sort of boring interviewer in a daytime talk show. Here you run the risk of coming off as boring, which spells death for the conversation and ultimately the relationship. If this happens, what, should you, what you should do is simply read off your current thoughts. What are you thinking about in that moment? Just say it to her. It'll almost, it will most likely be a lot more interesting to her than anything you're going to, quote, think up, and quote, on the spot. 
for example, you can uh, tell her, you know, I can't think of one damn thing to talk to you about. Has that ever happened to you? Mix it with some relaxed good humor, voice tone, and body language. Don't fidget, and you should breathe. You'll come off as as much more real. Why? Well, because that's what being real is, saying what's on your mind, instead of hiding it by asking questions just to keep her talking. So many guys do that. I mean, I'm just, as an aside from this, so many guys just, like, they think, well, she's talking, so this is good. I'll just keep talking. I'll just keep peppering her with questions so that when she stops talking and then I can get her the next question. And it's just like, look, you're not trying to get somebody in a conversation, like, keep somebody in a conversation. You're trying to keep somebody in in a relationship. So, you know, this little conversational trick of just asking follow-ups, after a while, it's just going to bore her. You know, who the hell are you, Larry King? I mean, why don't you get a pair of suspenders, you know? I mean, it's, it's yeah, after a while, you know, it's, it's, it's lame. And girls, like, they catch on pretty quickly that, like, you're just, you don't know what you're doing. You're just sitting there interviewing her because you want her to keep talking to you, and that's pathetic. So, girls are quick, man. Women are quick. So don't uh, don't underestimate uh, the pro the you know that that about them. Uh, okay. So that's the idea. So when your when your mind starts to go blank, that's a great time to practice the whole like I'm just going to say what's exactly on my mind. Now, of course, you. In some cases, you do need to censor yourself. But the closest you can get to what's on your mind without um, going overboard or violating some, you know, print, some handbook, some employee handbook, you know, then, then go ahead. Uh, number 10, one must keep one's distance at all times. Do not phone or email a woman unless she phones you or unless enough time has elapsed to make the call a pleasant surprise. She will find you new forever. The above rule is really important and probably the most important in this manual, so don't, under any circumstances, violate it, okay? So, essentially, you know, and I I go on in this um, principle saying, I'm telling you, any situation can be fixed by this rule. There are no hopeless situations when you remain disciplined in this manner. Believe me, this is how women are. This is just how women are, and there's nothing you can fucking do about it, cry as you may. How long should you wait before you call her? I've devised a mathematical equation to that question. Take the number of days since the last time she emailed, called, or visited, double it, then double it again, but that's not all. You must then meet, just meet, ten new hot women for every time you called or emailed or visited and didn't get a response from her. If, of course, you've lost count of the last number because you were being an impatient wuss, 30 will do just fine. While it would be good to get with one or all of these new women that you meet, it is not at all necessary to do that. All you are required to do is introduce yourself. However, if it seems like one of them likes you, Learn to read body language. Read the book Body Language to know more about it. But if she's talking to you, believe me, she likes you. Well, anyway, if you can tell from the way she's acting that she likes you, then ask for her phone number. Okay? 
So essentially what you're doing here is, um, and I say go to manual 13, treat the art of the pickup more extensively, and, um, and, and that's what I recommend there. But I'm just saying here now, this is a very narrow situation where you know, there's a particular girl that you're pretty hot for, and you call her, and then she doesn't call you back. And maybe, you know, you have, she has called you back, and so you call her again, maybe hoping that she, she missed your last call or something like that, so here she's hearing you from the first time. Then you might call even a third time, and after that, maybe even lose count. And the point of it is, is that uh, 10 new hot women for every time you called and didn't get a response. So, I mean... Don't go beyond thirty. But if so, at that point, if you suppose you, I mean, you should be doing this the first time you call and don't get a response. Um, before you can call her again the second time, you need to go out and meet ten women. Now, what I mean is meet. You you see a woman you think is hot. You go up to her. You're like, hey, what's up? My name's Logan, and shake her hand, and then and then keep. Keep going, okay? That's all you have to do. Now, if in, in that momentary interaction where you're like, hi, I'm Logan, and you shake your hand, you notice some kind of spark, maybe she's, she might be into you, then, uh, you know, try to chat her up and try to get her number. But the point is it's not for you to um, pick up or get numbers. Uh, the point is for you to meet 10 women, and that is a great way to... It basically counteract the power play that um, can become of you, uh, or you can get victimized by when you um, call a girl and she doesn't call you back. All of a sudden, she's placed herself above you on some level, and because uh, you're like waiting on her. So this is just part of an exercise of just making you a more honed uh, uh, player in this um, in this game. Okay. Uh, number 11, brief impressions are the most binding on the female heart. Lengthy contact with the man only breeds boredom and dissatisfaction. Once these two beasts have settled within her, they are hard-pressed to leave. Don't worry, though. A good chunk, chunk of time apart will heal any problem of this nature. So, yeah, see, um, women essentially, you know, it's, and I shouldn't just single out women. It's probably true of men as well. I mean, after a while, you know, you get bored of anyone. I don't care how much you like them. And so the briefer the impression that you might put upon a woman uh, during her day, the more fondly, fond she will be of you, um, ultimately. Um, now, it can get to the point where you're not seeing her enough of her and she starts to get upset that you're neglecting her. That's that's the other direction of extreme. But you shouldn't, you sh certainly shouldn't be uh, there, like, smothering her uh, and, and on top of her at every moment. Uh, but And essentially, if you start to get into awkwardness with a woman, if you start to um, uh, have issues that basically stem from being uh, close in close proximity for too long, this can always be healed. Any problem, any awkwardness that comes out of this can also be healed by just spending some time apart. Um, couple days, go for a weekend somewhere, and then come back. And then when you come back, do not acknowledge that there was any tension when you left. Um, just leave it behind. 
uh, 12. Every woman needs to recognize in the man a, a fault, a small flaw that she thinks she can fix. Unless she is grossly naive, she will never deem a man flawless. flawless. Rightly, she knows there is no such man. But remember, she takes an interest in the man and his flaw because she thinks she can fix it. But if the man continues to assert that flaw without any improvement via contact to her, she will quickly deem the man hopeless and is very seldom persuaded otherwise. This flaw will be extremely difficult for you to see. She will never tell you what it is, hint. but the hint is that every time you assert it, she will either draw away emotionally or disappear physically for a while. This is an interesting principle that I came up with very early on um, because uh, this girl that I was uh, interested in at the time that was basically running circles around me in terms of game, um, I knew that there was a part of her that really, like, I, that I reminded her on some level of the the brooding Jack Kerouac, who she admired. She she read all his stuff. She was a very much a, a admirer of the beat uh, crowd of like Ginsburg and um, and Kerouac and and just that whole genre of literature. And and she was virtually obsessed with Jack Kerouac and his brooding kind of sadness. Uh, especially if I don't know if you ever read the book Subterraneans, where she's basic, where he's basically in love with a woman, um, uh, a street a black woman from the street who's a little bit uh, uh, running game circles around his head. But anyway, she 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 felt drawn to him almost in his pain, and so she kind of saw that in me because I was sort of like. I think at that time deeply troubled about different things. I was just like a suffering artist or whatever, and so she kind of thought, well, that's that's his flaw. He's he's a depressive. He's kind of, you know, he needs to be cheered up, and I can, you know, maybe I can snap him out of his uh, doldrums. And and I think that ultimately, on some level, she wished she were alive. That she she had in her mind the idea, like, oh, I wish I was alive so that I could. Um, comfort Jack Kerouac, so I was her Jack Kerouac, but after a while, I mean, I was basically inconsolable, and, you know, even she would try to be, um, cheer me up and snap me out of this, these doldrums, ultimately, she, she grew to conclude that she didn't like, uh, guys who couldn't, uh, who had this flaw, that they were kind of depressed and, and and poetic and morose, you know, in the way that Jack Kerouac was. So I remember at one point, you know, she even citing that as a reason why she was breaking up with me and being like, I thought that you, you know, you wanted a guy that was like that. And she's like, not anymore. And so, you know, me trying to play up my Jack Kerouacness only drove her away ultimately, even though she wished she was there for Jack back in the day. I don't know. Women are weird. But I think you can understand what I'm saying. Um, it, it's it's better to um, okay. You can have a flaw, and you can kind of she, she's gonna she's gonna know you have it, and there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of a like a, you know maybe you're a little bit depressed sometimes or whatever, and she has, she tends to come in and cheer you up. 
if she's able to do it and snap you out of it, then then more then that's a good thing. But uh, if she if she recognizes a flaw that doesn't help with contact to her, then you know what's what's the point? All right, um, that's about it for um, this page of uh, Manual One, and I think I'm just going to end it here and. Uh, um, trying to get some feedback from the listeners. Uh, if you would like to call, um, it, 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 you, this is not live, and you're listening this. You're listening to this um, on a uh, download, but you have questions. Then there is a hotline that you can call. That's like a 24-hour, 24/7 hotline. And that's at 206-208-8946. And, you know, it would be great if you left a message briefly about what your concern is, and I will gladly play it on the air and respond to it. And um, I think I might do a few uh, uh, examples of this. I might have some friends call in and just do a few examples on my next show. Um so uh, my name is Mike Trojan, and your um, the the site that this is associated with, associated with is called NoMoneyInvolved.com, uh, and the page that we're reading now is the original, what what I called originally the horror manual. Essentially, is a manual on relationships. And uh, next week we will delve into the next page. Uh, this is a pretty long manual, so and I think the principles are worthy of discussion. So um, this will probably go on for an, probably another 10 shows, just manual one, and then we'll get into manual two, which essentially is about how to be immortal. Yes, physically immortal. I've discovered the secret. But anyway, that's, that's uh, for a later show. And um, I thank you for listening. If you're listening live, thank you. Um, try to come back here at 9 p.m. I will start on time next week, 9 p.m. Thursday Eastern Time. Um, without um, belaboring it any further, um, thank you, and I will see you next week. Yeah.